Hey everybody, and welcome to episode no, no volume for Mike. We've got technical difficulties. Oh, maybe it's working. I just don't hear it. <laughs> I hear you. Hey, Gomer, can you hear us out there? Okay, he can. Let it rumble, man. So you just can't hear me? Yeah. All right, well, I don't know what's causing that. Well, after all the technical problems here, welcome to episode 29 of the Coffee Code Cast, weekly live stream tech podcast where we talk about neither coffee or code. I'm Kyle Johnson. And I'm Mike Sheehan, and today we're going to talk about all the big news coming out of Apple's special media event this Monday. Uh, you're going to want to stick around for this. Several new services coming out of Apple headquarters. Lots of cool stuff to talk about there. And uh, we're also going to be covering a little bit of a show news follow-up here. we got some bad Tesla news, unfortunately. I'm uh, bummed that we have to cover this, but I'm interested to hear about that. And finally, uh, yeah, a couple things in the news. Take it away, Kyle. Well, the first thing I wanted to talk about real quickly, I, uh, we've had a lot of feedback lately, right? A lot of people reaching out, a lot of people responding to things we're talking about. And it, it kind of just dawned on me. It's uh, really pretty cool that we, I feel like we're kind of in a situation almost where it's like um, just a room full of your buddies talking technology, which is, I guess, kind of ironic because that's kind of the whole reason that the show started. But the other day, I just kind of felt, felt myself feeling that, you know, we have people reaching out on Teams, Slack, Twitter, whatever, all over the place. And uh, it's just kind of fun talking tech. Have the buddies with you, talking with well, you. It's, it's a good time. It's good. And by the way, quick here, quick thing here. Make sure you tighten your audio cables when you plug in your headphones. That's oh, what, shit. That was all over here on my end over here. So wow. that was that was fun. Sorry about that. Why don't you beer me, man? I need some more beer. This oh. Too many problems too early here. Thank you very much. Yeah, Kyle, I agree with you, dude. It's been really fun because doing this thing live now for eight weeks, we've seen some really impressive, steady growth. I mean, we're not doing fucking hockey stick growth here, but our numbers are increasing really steadily week over week. I think the consistency has a lot to do with that. Um, getting the word out has had a lot to do with that. We've done a few things, not much, but a few things to try to promote this weekly cast at six o'clock and have had some people join us online during the show. I love that. Also, too, gotten more interest from people that want to be on the show. So uh, I think I was telling you a little bit earlier, I had a had a meeting with a, a good buddy of mine uh, who's in crypto and, and talked a little bit about the show. And he was very excited. He's done some podcasts with um, iHeartRadio and a few other shows and, and would love to come on and talk to us. So I think out of this, we're getting where we wanted to go, which is finding other people to come on and, and share their insights and opinions. I mean, I like talking to you, you know, but there's only so much we can really cover, you know, we need some other voices in the audience and in the, on the show. So 
we're starting to build up and it's very exciting. And to your point, uh, I want to quickly welcome anybody listening from Niantic. That's the company my wife works for currently. Uh, if you're familiar with the game Pokemon Go. No, no, no. It wasn't Pokemon Go. It was the other one. Christina told us this last week, dude. Ingress. Ingress. They make that as well. I know, but they want to be known for Ingress. My apologies. The makers of Ingress and Pokemon Go. That's they're, right. They're lesser known. That's right. They're lesser known, <laughs> lesser appreciated yeah. contribution yeah, to right. the gaming community. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, she's been uh, taking our stickers and splashing them around at the office. So there's a bunch of them r- flowing around there and people are subscribing over there. So if anybody's listening, welcome to the show. Um, another interesting point that uh, apparently they started pulling up my Twitter account once they kind of heard about the, the podcast here. You're on Twitter? I'm on Twitter. Of course I'm on Twitter. At Kyle P. Johnson on oh. Twitter if you want to follow me. Follow me up, everybody. <laughs> the P is important. Otherwise, there's like 964,000 <laughs> Kyle Johnsons out there. Yep. So uh, funny, funny story is uh, they were kind of looking through my profile. And the first thing that somebody noticed right away is that apparently I'm followed by Barack Obama. You sure it wasn't? It's not like, you know, how Donald Trump has like the Donald Trump account. It's (laughs) not like Barack Obama. No, it's the official Barack Obama verified Twitter account. Really? So I'm one of his half a million follow uh, half a million people that he follows. Damn, dude, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So maybe (laughs) maybe he listens to the cast. I I told you this the other day. (laughs) My only, <laughs> the biggest celebrity that I have on my account is Anthony Scaramucci, the Mooch. The Mooch. The Mooch. We get the Mooch on here. I'd fucking let the Mooch come onto the show. Yeah, why, why not? not? I don't. You know, that'd be interesting. That yeah. would definitely give us a bump in, in uh, <laughs> listeners, dude. If we were, if we had the Mooch on the show, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. I gotta give. You know what? I'm a little frustrated, man. Like we only had one can of Coors Light we had to share between us here. Dustin, where the fuck is Dustin, our beer guy? I gotta blow him up. Dustin, you need to order more beer, dude. I told you two weeks ago we're running low on Coors Light. Why don't you get that fixed, man? Maybe throw that in there real quick. The Gomer Pyle here, he's, he made himself a uh, homebrew beer oh. keg in a fridge. So okay. maybe, maybe we can enlist his services. Get a little sample? Yeah. Can you put those in a couple crawlers for us and ship them out here? to the? Uh, well, I don't Pacific know if he Northwest? makes the beer, but I know he, he made a kegerator or something. Oh, okay. We do need a Coffee Codecast kegerator, man. We need some better sponsors. <laughs> We have Spin Coffee. If they ever make a coffee maker, we'll have some delicious coffee in here. Put some Baileys in that. A little Irish whiskey, maybe. I'm going to send a message to Spin, see what we can do. Yeah. We talk about them enough. And we're going to continue to have Spin updates for the next several years. For, yeah. So they're going to keep us chock full of content for the next four years. Exactly. So we might as well. They might That's as well good. sponsor us. They should give us something. Yeah. A free t-shirt or something like that would be wonderful. Yeah. Well, that's good. I wanted to touch up on something that we talked about last week. It was last week, wasn't it? I lose track anymore. We talked about the touchpad mode, which got a lot of feedback from people. So this is the, this is the feature in iOS, right, where you press and hold on the space bar, and you can get the uh, – it kind of acts like a trackpad. Yeah. Touchpad. Yeah. A couple updates on that, right? One was that you can, you can move that thing anywhere. So Streejack, our good friend Simon, uh, you know, reached out and said, hey, it's not just the space bar. You can do that. Kind of on other parts of the keyboard too. So he'll, I think he does that like kind of in the middle. I don't know, pull up a little text message. Yeah, any character key. You can you can push down on any key, not just yeah. the space bar. Yep. Like throw it over by the DFG. There you go. That works too. So it's not just the space bar. Press and hold and then boom, you got a little touchpad. Yep. And I think it does even work even on like alternate keyboards because you can install like third party keyboards like say the Google keyboard. And I'm yeah. pretty sure the same, same, uh, Procedure works on those as well. So we were trying to get to the bottom of it, and Simon did some research for us, and he was trying to figure out how early it came out. We didn't know. 
how long the feature had been out. And he thought maybe it was around the iPhone 6, wasn't sure. You know, maybe only on the 6S, but not the 6. And he tried it on his 6, and it works there too, so we're not really sure. I, I did a little research, and I found that back in 2016 they were talking about it. So we're a little late to the game on that. <laughs> um, so maybe three years ago. It sounds like that you had to have the, oh, that's a, oh, Gomer's sending us a photo of his, uh, his kegerator. That's what it, yeah, it must be. Oh, that looks pretty cool, dude. Let's see here. That looks like, uh, so what do you got up top? You got, okay, you got a tap down below and then you still got the freezer up there too. That's very nice. Okay. Very sweet. I like that. Um, what was I talking about? Touchpad mode. So. We know that in 2016, it came out on some devices that have 3D touch. Uh, However, it was not available on all devices until iOS 12. At that time, all the hardware could support it. So that's all I really have to say about that. Didn't you say it came to the iPad first? Well, I think it was on certain iPads and certain iPhones. Okay. I don't know that it came first on the iPad, but I think it was available both. And uh, yeah, so there we go. That doesn't really totally solve it, but I know that it's been around at least as early as 2016 on select devices. Gotcha. Well, let me share the, uh, a quick story with you. So this weekend, the wife and I were, uh, you know, doing the typical chores, running out, doing, you know, getting groceries, that sort of thing. We made a trip to Costco. Oh, yes. As you do, you know, all 500 million people that are in the Costco parking lot. The Holy Land, everyone descends on <laughs> Saturday, <laughs> pilgrimage. Sunday. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So yeah, we we made our way to Costco. We did our we went in. We got our stuff. We got back in the car. I'm uh, getting ready to back on out. Did you get any gas? Do you go? Do you get gas at Costco? Oh well, I mean it's very cheap. Maybe I just go take spots up from people that want gas in the line. I guess you don't need gas I just anymore. Sit there you for drive ten a, minutes. <laughs> you drive a Tesla now. I guess you don't put any gas in there. Yeah, line. I don't even. You know, I I actually did when I went back to the Midwest. This is a little bit of an off-topic subject, but we had to drive a gas car. Back in the Midwest, I, it was actually an, a green Mustang. It was hideous, but whatever. Uh, they gave, by the way, they gave you this fucking car like in the middle of December. <laughs> in a snow and ice storm. During a snow and ice storm, it's like, well, we don't really have any SUVs, but we got a fucking pimp green Mustang that just rolled <laughs> off the lot. I mean, nobody drove in it. Before. It was brand They'd new. It had like three miles on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they gave you that to go cruising yeah. around the Midwest. And that's nice. <laughs> I got made fun of actually a number of times, but that's a different story. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, before I returned it, I had to fill it up with fuel, you know, um, and it took me a minute to remember how the fuck to pump gas because I hadn't done it in so long. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we were at the Costco parking lot, and um, as I was backing up, uh, when you put the Tesla in reverse, the the outside mirrors or the rear view mirrors on the out on the I don't know what you call those. The fuck do you call them? The what? The rear view mirrors on like the outside. I don't know what the fuck. Side view mirrors. Sure, those both go down so like they basically want to look at the ground kind of at the rear of the car so they don't look straight behind you anymore well, they change the orientation of yeah it. okay so there's that and then uh obviously you have the rear view mirror but then um i'm pretty sure there was some fidgeting going on with like the climate controls on the on the dash uh monitor which is where usually the reverse cam is displayed yes so that was no longer there and so what happened is i ran into a utility truck that was parked behind directly behind me this thing was fucking huge i mean in your defense, it was sticking out about six feet behind the parking space. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's one of those boom utility trucks, right? It can lift somebody up quite a ways up to a pole or whatever utility type thing you need to get to. But Cherry yeah, it was, it was sticking out probably a good 
five feet from the end of all the other car lines. So like, as I was kind of looking back over my shoulder, you know, I was kind of figuring, oh, you know, I can kind of use the other cars, cars as a gauge. And, and I, I couldn't see, nor did the Tesla see the truck because the, the deck of it was too high. So the sensors didn't detect it either. So yeah, I, I hit the rear end of the Tesla. I, I damaged the trunk lid, uh, put a hole in it actually. Yeah, I don't know how you did that, but you did puncture a hole through yeah. the trunk. Yeah, yeah. So that, and then a couple of t- the turn signal is all jacked up too. So forty two hundred dollars worth of damage. Ooh, ouch, buddy. Uh, the, and the worst part is, you know, and I think we've talked about this before on the show, is that the Tesla is is notorious for their parts being really slow to be uh, ordered. What's that about? Is it just um, they're too busy focusing on selling new vehicles and the parts just? I don't know. Are there a lot of people crashing their cars and they can't make the parts fast enough? I don't really understand the problem there. Well, it used to be not the parts, I don't think. It used to be that there was no shops that could work on them. And yeah, I, think I did changed. hear that. Yes, yeah, yeah. I think now there's quite a few that can work on them. But yeah, it seems like the parts are the are the bottleneck. But I did hear recently, and I'll see if I can find the article, but they're, they're opening some very large new parts warehouse that in theory maybe will help. I don't know. I don't know if it's a logistics problem or if they just can't create them fast enough. I have no idea. Yeah, so now the Tesla is damaged, and it will be for probably the next two months or so while the parts are ordered. (laughs) That's how long it takes to get them in, and then it's another 10 days on top of that to do the body work and the paint and all that kind of stuff. So that sucks. She's still roadworthy, but just doesn't look the prettiest anymore. Hey, I mean, it's got some nice mailing tape on the back to cover up all the, you know, the holes in the the lights and put a little Ziploc bag and cut it out and put the tape around it. So it covers up the the taillight. uh, I think there's like a Reddit channel, like Tesla mods or something like that. Oh, that'd be a good idea. I could get some serious upvotes. Dude, I think a lot of people would be interested to know how you did it. (laughs) It's some professional quality where it looks about as good as this, this kegerator. Well, the way you describe, <laughs> you know, take it easy on Gomer. The kegerator is nine years old. It's been used and abused and it's right. still, um, still serving cold beer, man. That's all you really ask of a kegerator anymore, right? It's just a serving cold. Yeah. I can't even get that from my neighborhood bar. So, I mean, True. I'm impressed that the keg's done that for nine years. I mean, fuck. So there you go. I gave some bad Tesla news. It, it happened on this show. You heard it here. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I mean, I kind of feel like that's karma. You've been, at, you've been asking for Tesla news every episode. Something bad was bound to happen. Maybe um, maybe we need to stick to other topics sometimes. I don't know. Not my... I'm just saying. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> yeah. I don't really have anything to say to that. I'm sorry. That, that's not... Too soon, man. Too soon. Too I'm soon. sorry. I feel bad for you. And I did, I'm sorry. It's a brand new car. <laughs> I did come in and our boss, Brad, I came into his office and I was like, Brad, man, I, I have some bad news, man. I need, I need some... Uh, what the hell do they call that? Time off when you... When bereavement leave uh, yeah i was like i need some bereavement leave or something like that <laughs> and he's like oh shit what the hell happened man and i show him the picture fuck <laughs> my car yeah well he's got two teslas so yep. he can he knows your pain dude. he identifies he told me that he has a ding in the uh in his new one in his model three as well <laughs> right next to where you uh plug in the electrical cord for charging oh, so he's no. like i see it all the goddamn time oh that sucks yeah do we have it looks like and eh, we got a little time i can tell the story it's a funny story oh. you, you know that you know the brad tesla story going down he's got his place uh what is it seaside i think that's right yeah south side some side he's got a place down in oregon that's a it's kind of a little vacation home slash airbnb place that they they run out frequently but then they go down there to do a lot of the deep cleaning and fix shit because people go in and they kind of bust it up and the people that he has on 
you know, nearby to help out or really just doing the basic stuff. Like they're just kind of swapping out the sheets and, and doing laundry and that's what yeah. he goes to his vacation home to work. Right. It's yeah. I mean, he's not very happy about it. But <laughs> so he does. And, and so this particular weekend, I mean, we should just have him tell the story. He's not here right now, but I'll give it the best go I can, I can do. So they went, decided to go down there for the weekend. And I think there was already some, it was already questionable. Should we go? Do we really want to go? Fuck this, whatever. We'll just go and do it. And so they drive down there. And uh, what happened, man? They're on their way down, and um, they're on the highway, and he hits a fucking pothole, and he gets a flat tire. And so he's got to call. You can't just take this to, like, Goodyear, right? You got to call, like, the Tesla helpline. Yeah, roadside assistance from Tesla. So you need, road, yeah, Tesla roadside assistance ready to go. And call them up, and they say, okay, fine, man, flat tire, no problem. Where are you at? Buy this exit, blah, blah, blah. I'll be there in like an hour and a half. I don't think it was a close pickup. They're going to be a little delayed. So they go there and uh, pick up the car and like tow it to the nearest place where they can service the thing. And it takes a few hours to do this. And they like put on a brand new tire, get him back on the road. He gets back on the highway. And like before he's even like five miles down the road, he hits another fucking pothole and <laughs> busts another tire. And by the way, like this is like a, not a cheap repair. I think this was like, you know, I don't know, four or 500 bucks. Well, this is the Model S and these are low profile tires. So these are not cheap tires. That it, he's, that it he's might be even more than that. Yeah. I don't even know. It was like one tire and he busted it. We'll have to have him tell the whole story because I'm doing a shitty job. But anyway, so he's, he calls him back and he's like, look, man, like I can't even fucking believe this. Like I'm. I'm right here and I hit this pothole. Like, can you come help us out again? And the guy's like, oh, fuck, dude. I know exactly what pothole you're talking about. Like, we have had problems with that. that they haven't patched that in a long time. <laughs> and so went back out and picked him up again and brought him back and replaced a second Tesla tire. So it's been hours at this point. They haven't even made it to the rental. And at that point, I think they were just, like, exhausted, pissed, all the emotions, and just said, fuck it. We're not even going to go and just went back home. Which is what, like, Seaside's what maybe a... Four-hour drive, maybe. Probably. I don't know where the hell it is. It's not close. Yeah. It probably took them 24 hours to make it, however yeah. far they made it. Yeah. I mean, it was just like a road trip from hell and uh terrible, terrible day for, you know, for those guys on the road, man, just sitting there and at the mercy of the Tesla roadside assistance. The good thing that did come of that is he was one of the first ones to tell me that I should get the Tesla uh, re- like inflator kit. So they actually give you like this pouch that has a pump. Is that like a fix a flat kind of thing? And then it has a can of that fix a flat shit in it. Yeah. And they actually want you to use that, which I've always heard bad things. Like if you do that, like, you know, mechanics would hate you, right? That type of thing. But Tesla wants you to use those because that's kind of the only way you can continue on. They don't give you a spare. Well, you're going to spare A spare is more weight. Yeah. So, you know, you don't have a spare on a Tesla. So that's kind of your only option. I mean, shit, at 700 bucks a pop for a tire, you might as well put what, you know. I don't know. Does it matter at that point? They're going to replace the whole thing anyway. True. Well, sad day, man. I'm sorry to hear that. Hopefully we can get the old Tesla roadworthy again. And don't worry, everybody. There'll be a uh, good Tesla news coming soon. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, let's move on. Apple. Big day. Big week for Apple. If you guys know, they had a special event a special media event was on monday and uh did you hear about this kyle it was a big event i didn't get to watch it uh i was actually pretty busy that day but i had it on my calendar and i knew i knew kind of the 
overall theme of what they were going to announce. That was pretty well known ahead of time for the most part. There was. There was a lot of uh, speculation about it, and they got it right. Most of the people got it right. There's a few things going on right now, though, too. Excuse me. I would say that the, the need for this has been long coming, mainly just because iPhone sales are, are plateauing, right? They're going down, actually. I mean, iPhone sales, they had to charge the last 10S. Now you're paying over $1,000 a phone. So iPhone sales have been in decline for probably four or five quarters. And so they've had to raise prices to try to keep their numbers inflated and then come up with other strategies. Like, how do we do more? We talked about the AirPods that, you know, you lose one a week. So you got to keep, they'll have an AirPod subscription program coming out soon, hopefully, where you can buy for, you know, a hundred bucks a month, you get new AirPods or something. Well, you know, what's funny uh, about that is that I've heard a couple of stories already that it's a very good thing that these new version two AirPods are coming out because everybody that bought initially of the first generation AirPods, the batteries are starting to give. Two years. Yeah. Yeah, I saw Hanselman talk about that. Yep. I think he mentioned that on Twitter, but that's becoming a problem. These things are not good for the landfill because they're really just all one component. You can't do anything with them. And when the batteries die, you're screwed. And even people that have had them uh, over a year, the battery life has declined to a point now where you're not getting the stated talk times. Or well, it's not times. even close. Like you're talking, Less you know, than like, half. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, it's a lithium ion battery. Like, I mean, you. It's going to happen, especially for something that's u- that's that tiny and used all the time. Like they're they're going to start to deteriorate. Not so. good for the environment. Not good for your pocketbook at one hundred and fifty nine dollars a pop either. Well, if you don't buy the, you know, wireless charging case, then yeah. I think it's two hundred or two twenty or something. Yeah, the case is like seventy nine bucks if you want to retrofit it. It's they're not cheap. And they're and they have some clearly have some problems. So anyway, like long story short, Apple hardware has been well, they've been crushing it. It's just that like when you when you're trying to get quarter over quarter growth, like how far can you go? I mean, these guys have a massive market cap. They're doing tremendous things. Like there's only so many people and um, so many devices you can push before you're just going to plateau, and that's what's happened. So. Um, a lot of people weren't surprised by this, but this media event was all about services. And so it's like they already have the software side kind of cooking and they've got the hardware doing very well as well as it can go. So services was the big push for the Monday media event. And they had quite a few things to talk about. Things I'm excited about. I, I thought there was a lot of good that came out of there, but there was some controversy too. It wasn't all very clear. Um, but I'll, I'll start out at the top. We can kind of just roll through these, dude. Like the first one was Apple News Plus. Um, I'm actually very excited about this. Uh, I'm a big news consumer. I actually have subscriptions to multiple magazines. So I subscribe to like the Atlantic and uh, wired um, and a few other things. Apple news plus provides 300 magazines. They want to be kind of like known as the Netflix of news. So it works. If you're not a subscriber, it works just as usual. You go to Apple news, the app that everybody has, and you can watch read your news stories and all that good shit. But then there's a new icon in the middle that's news uh, plus. And if you get into that, um, it's nine 99 a month and you have access to all these magazines, 300 magazines that includes also the LA times and the wall street journal, which I was really excited about at first because I'm a huge journal subscriber. I, I paid way too much money for the journal. I mean, I think it's money well spent, but it's not a cheap subscription. I think I got a deal and paid around 250 bucks for the wall street journal last, last year. 
you'll get articles from the Wall Street Journal, but it's curated content. It's not the entire publication. So if you still want the business analysis and some of those other things, you're going to have to pay for the paper still. Um, but yeah, like that's kind of those are some of the highlights. I mean, one of the downsides, of course, is what? Not as much news as people were expecting, okay? Well, it's called Apple News, but it doesn't <laughs> seem to have a lot of news. It seems to be more focused on the magazine side of things, which for me, I think I'm actually really excited about. I subscribe to, well, I su- I'm not subscribed to a lot of magazines. I subscribe to Bon Appetit magazine, which is included, which is cool. But, um, you know, there's other magazines that I think I would read, you know, Backpacker, Cycling Magazines, other different things that I do. Uh, that I spend a lot of time in. And if they're included in a price like this, and then even more importantly, it's part of the family plan. So if you have a family in iCloud uh, amongst all your iPhone devices, so for instance, I can share these with my wife under one subscription plan, that's huge. So now it's kind of half price almost per person, right? Um, If if you look at it just from the magazine point of view, if you were to buy subscriptions to all of those magazines offered, it would be over $8,000 a year annual subscription costs. So, I mean, clearly a value there, 10 bucks a month and you have all the stuff at your, at your disposal. So the, the other thing that I think I'd say about this, that is somewhat interesting is like, although it's a cool thing and it's nice that it's integrated into the Apple ecosystem and that sort of thing, they're still not, they're still not doing any kind of expansion outside of the Apple ecosystem where they are in some areas, but this one they left very tightly closed to the Apple ecosystem and their subscription model, right? So you can't you can't get Apple News on Windows, for instance. No, you can't. And there's not an Apple News app for Windows. It's yeah, you're right. You need the iPhone, iPad. Yeah. But for some of these other things, they're moving off their own platform. They're actually opening the walled garden some. Yeah, that's true. I think I think um I'm really happy that they've done this. I think this is a step in the right direction. I understand where you're coming from. There's probably more they can do. I think there's more they will do. This is brand new, by the way, too. So I think you're going to see more of this happen. The question for me is going to be how the how the uh, publishers uh, find this three months down the road, because right now you're telling all these guys, hey, we'll give you nine ninety nine a month. But it's really going to be your payouts can be based on how popular the article is, how many downloads you get and that sort of thing. So. Um, if it's hot, you might get a, you, you might get a nice paycheck. And if it's not, well, too bad. Right. And I, yeah, I suppose they're all going in for the publicity and the ability for, to get their stuff and their content in front of more eyes is going to be the big draw there. I, the biggest problem I have with the whole uh, Apple News Plus section of it is, is this isn't really new. Like there's other services that did the magazine subscription all under one umbrella. Like that's been done. Um, the thing that hasn't been done is including that with a news provider or a bunch of news content like uh, newspapers and that sort of thing so that's somewhat new and somewhat novel but again it's pretty limited in terms of what news content that they are allowing you access to maybe that'll change over time but at the at the current time i guess i was less than overwhelmed with this particular announcement i think it's cool i think it's uh, a good start but i i wasn't that excited by it well, I think it's great because I do get enough subscriptions that it makes it worth the price for me. But I agree with you, too, that if they would extend this out to multiple news uh, publishers and, and publications, like that would be a whole different deal. If I could pay a flat monthly fee and get get past the paywall on New York Times and um, the full Wall Street Journal and some of these other things, that'd be really cool. Because the way that it works right now is that you get some bullshit 
article that they share with you, but then, uh, you know, you get like three free articles, then you got to pay. And if you want to sign up, you got to pay for that one. And it's separate from the other one. So I do like that. They streamline that at least with the magazines and try to bring in a little bit of news. My suspicion is that it was a harder sell for the news folks than it was for the magazines. And so they said, fine, like we're, we're willing to open it up here, but then the news is going to take a little more time. Now maybe the revenue model pays out. There was something like 500 million downloads on the app store. I mean, there's an insane amount of downloads on the app store on an annual basis. Now I think that's annually better check that. Um, but there, there might be enough there. If you have enough people paying $10 a month, then you could have these guys making millions of dollars and it wouldn't be a big deal. Well, and I think to your point, it's a smart idea, especially for the newspapers that are struggling to begin with anyway. You know, you're going to now have the ability for them to deliver directly to a, to a content device rather than having to, you know, you had this problem even. Like you were ordering the paper and, you know, three days out of the week it wouldn't show up at all or maybe it'd show up late or whatever the case might be. So now you have the paper being delivered directly to your device. You don't have to worry about the distribution system. It's coming to you without any, without any question. It's going to be there every morning. Yeah. I'm a paper person. I like having the physical copy, but you know, it's a pain in the ass too. So for me to be able to have access to all that stuff on my iPad and to be able to see it every morning and not have to worry about what time it is. I know that I can get it reliably every day, read all the articles I want to read. Like that to me is a huge perk and it's something I'd like to see them branch into a little bit more. Um, I had a thought about that and I lost it too because I was thinking about the number of subscribers and downloads. It'll come back to me later. But um, anyway. I think think though, while you're thinking about that, I think the thing too that is big is the subscription piece of it. And we'll talk about this more later because there's a couple of people that aren't participating in some other subscription services that they're offering. But I think just the ability to, you know, punch a button and say like, yes, subscribe me. Like that interaction that transaction is so much more easy to do for people for whatever reason than mailing a check or whatever subscribing to a physical copy of the paper it's it's such an easy transaction it's made so simple that i think they will pick up more subscribers and people will probably leave them to linger and and get rid of all these different pricing models like standardize the pricing model figure out what's appropriate and then just have it uh, point and click and go that was that was going to be my other point was um the one of the other barriers I think to that becoming more of a possibility for news is that the the um, rev share on this is just terrible. Like Apple wants half. I think for for app developers, it was like what twenty percent was their share. I think eighty cents on the dollar went to the developer. It's probably changed since then, but I think at one point it was something like that. But when I heard this, I thought, man, fifty cents on the dollar is going to Apple for being the the broker, if you will, and providing the service seems a bit fucking greedy to me, but all they're doing, I mean, not all they're doing, I mean, they're providing the framework and they're providing the people. It's a huge part of it, but it's going to be a hard sell for a lot of these guys that, that need, you know, these, a lot of these news organizations already are on, you know, a fine line. Like they just have a very tight budget and can't really afford to uh, lose that much money. It's a little disappointing when you start to think about it from the standpoint of like news is kind of a dying industry, right? Or at least it's getting kind of perverted by... Like print news or what? Yes, right? The the local news, the local newspapers, they're dying, right? They're, they're not existing anymore. Wall Street Journal's fine. Big, big papers are fine. But the local independent papers are dying because there's just not any money to be made there anymore. And, and 
it's kind of unfortunate and, and I would even say shame on Apple for taking that big of a cut from somebody who's already struggling, right? So, I mean, the, the thing that Apple is providing is like a gross distribution network, like you're giving them a ton more eyes. But for the small independent paper, the, the small local entity, they can't compete with, like they can't take a 50% cut. Yeah, they're getting squeezed out. And that's horrible in this time of when you need more independent news and independent content being generated by non, you know, global scale news outlets. Like that's pretty unfortunate, I think. Agreed. Yeah, agreed, man. I, uh, yeah. Oh, we're getting something coming in over here. This is, um, I think this is David. I'm going to move along. I'm going to talk about, we'll see what's going on here, but I'm going to come back to that in a minute and I'm going to move on to the next one. So we've got, there were really like four main items that were uh, subscriptions that came out. Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. David, if that's you, uh, uh I think that's bully. Oh, is it? Oh shit. I don't know why I was getting confused. Yeah. We take live questions. If you have live questions, you can hit us up on the Slack channel. They have to be reasonable questions that we want to answer. Yeah, well, there you go. Move on. Move on. Um, so the second service that came out was Apple Card. So, yeah, good chat on Apple News, News Plus, Magazine Plus, if you will, Kyle. But um, Apple is now becoming a bank, too. So they have unveiled Apple Card. Now, this service is not available. I should say Apple News Plus was made available day of release. And so that's already out there. You have to upgrade to iOS 12.2. And then the news app will automatically be updated to the latest version on when you restart. The Apple Card is a new credit card that Apple's really trying to take a lot of the pain, I guess, if you will, out of the traditional credit card experience. So if you have the Bank of America or whatever card, you got the app and it's maybe a little clunky and not very easy to see. And the terms aren't very easy to understand and there's hidden fees. Uh, this is an attempt to simplify that process quite a bit. So the the first feature of the card is this daily cash. So instead of getting cash rewards that show up on a monthly basis, daily cash shows up on a daily basis. Imagine that. So if you're using your if you're using your phone through Apple Pay, all purchases are eligible for two percent back. And if you're buying things at the Apple Store on Apple products, you'll get three percent back. Um, if you use the physical card, you'll get 1% back. But whatever you accrue will show up on your statement um, the next day. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, these are it re returns the cash to you via Apple Cat, like to your Apple uh, Pay account, right? That I wasn't too clear on that because it sounds very similar to the Apple Pay cash thing. There's like somebody was saying they're going to merge those ideas because it sounds like they're both two different concepts, but yes. Yeah. So. Uh, I think this is kind of interesting. I, I'm curious as to where they want to push this going forward because I'm not sure why there's any market for them to get into the credit card area other than I definitely understand and love their idea of no credit card numbers or anything like that etched onto the, the front of the card, the physical card right? for security purposes, right? Nobody can take a picture of that or skim it or whatever the, the case might be. So I think that's very valuable and I think that's a very good move. And I, I think other credit card companies are starting to move that way anyway. Um, but I'm curious as to what their, what their thinking is here and why they're trying to move this direction and what this is going to get them aside from obviously some interest accruing and that sort of thing. Oh, a lot of fucking money. I would think, I would think that's the case. So they've eliminated, 
um, all late fees. Well, fees of any kind. So there are no annual fees, no late fees. They do accrue interest if you don't pay on the card at the end of the month. If you don't pay the balance off in full, then you will accrue interest as you do for any other credit card. But they've eliminated fees. So you don't have to pay a minimum at the end. Um, And the interface is pretty spiffy. I'll say that. Like They've done a really nice job within Wallet. You can go in and see your transactions in a very clean, easy-looking display. Uh, it'll categorize for you. Try to They want to try to help you get a better understanding of your financial uh, footprint so you can see what you're spending and what and where your money's going. And then also, too, to decide what you're going to pay at the end of the month. So, like, if, hey, if I'm only going to pay 50 bucks, then they'll say, hey, look, it's going to be this much interest and it'll take you this long to pay it off. Whereas if you give us 100 maybe that knocks down in half or well, it saves you X amount of dollars in interest. But this is backed by another major bank, like it's like Barclays or something like that this, that's backing the card itself. So so this is a MasterCard from Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs. Okay, so like even even then, like Goldman Sachs is getting a cut somewhere in there, right? So like Apple's not getting that entire amount of interest. So like still, I don't I don't really understand totally what's going on here that that is beneficial to them, other than maybe they can somehow cut out some middlemen using the Apple Pay system. I don't know. I'm sure it pencils out. I'm sure if you look at it through their especially at a global, I mean, this is just, as far as I know, this is just U.S. But it's the start. I imagine if you could get this globally, um, I think that could be very lucrative for them. I mean, they, they this could be a lot of money and interest. I mean, you and I both know, like, the amount of people, the percentage of people that pay off their balance in full. That's a, that's it's, that's in the minority. I mean, there's way more people that are just leveraging credit and you, and being charged interest, right? So do you plan on getting this card? I thought about it. I don't need a card. I'm and I'm pretty loyal to the Alaska Visa just because I I like mileage runs, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I'm I'm pretty stuck on my Delta Amex card, so chances are I don't really have any need or use for this. Uh, I think it's interesting, but there's a pretty low percentage chance that I would ever subscribe or, or get this particular card. So I, I again, here I wasn't wasn't overwhelmed. Like I think it was a cool product. It was a flashy a flashy looking card, I guess, if you want to call it that. Um, but here again, I really wasn't too overwhelmed with the event and the announcement. There are people that will jump on it. I, they they did promote that it's an easy approval process. I don't know that it's how different it is from a traditional credit card because it's still going through MasterCard. It's still going through Goldman Sachs. So there, maybe they have certain data points. You don't have to enter in a full application. They said it's as easy as like point click and in three minutes have a decision. Um there's, there are some people, I think, that'll be drawn towards the fact that the physical card is made out of fucking titanium. <laughs> yep. And it's laser etched. So you'll have your name and the little Apple logo and, you know, you can throw that down at the restaurant and look pretty baller in your titanium Apple card. I did see some complaints already, however, that Apple was pimping that this is a pretty low interest credit card, which really isn't the case. Like, I think it's, what was it, 13% up to 24 or 26 depending upon your credit worthiness. Mm, okay. Like I don't, that's not really a very good <laughs> APR. It's pretty standard though. Even, even great cards, like you're going to have, I've never seen anything less than 13%. Hey, my BECU credit card is fantastic. Like 4%. Bullshit. I mean, it's pretty good. I'd have to look it up, but it's, it's very low. Okay. Well, BECU is a credit union. They might do a little better. I'm just saying like among the big ones, I've never seen anything like the Alaska cards. I have great credit. I have fantastic credit and I still have, a shitty APR. Yeah, the, the the big boys like that, like the really large cards, I think you're always going to, that's going to be pretty standard. I would yeah. agree with you. Yeah. Is uh, we, have, we have a new, 
subscriber on the Slack. Is that? I don't have a wife. Wife number one joined, so I'm guessing that uh, that must be Christina. Well, so funny story, and we're gonna have to table the Apple Talk here for a moment. So if you look in my text messages, yes, there in Apple Messages you can you can did you know you can do group you can group message of course, but did you know that you can put titles to the to the group name? Did you know that? Oh, I'm not sure if I knew that. Yeah, so if you have a group, if you have a group thread, you can at the top if you click the name or the the people that are in it, you mm-hmm. can you can title it. So in mine, I have one that's called the Wives Club. Oh, I think I've heard about the Wives <laughs> Club, dude. The question is, so, who's a member? That's the question, right? So I know who the member is. The members are. I'm just wondering who thinks they're number one. Yeah, boy, I wonder. This. This could be, I thought it was Christina. It could be the rainmaker in disguise. <laughs> That'd be my assumption for sure, yeah. <laughs> rain, so, you son of a bitch. Welcome, Rain, to the to Wives Club number one. You should have been on here, Rain. You should have been our guest today. We're going to have to have lunch with you again uh, next week to figure that out. <laughs> um, we should move along. we got a couple more Apple services to cover, yeah? Yeah, let's move on. Apple Arcade. Apple Arcade, um, you know, th- this one, here, here's, the, here's a... There were a couple of good things that came out of this whole presentation. One was being security at the forefront. They really wanted to reinforce the idea that uh, security was not going to be compromised, that we were not going to share your information. Apple's not going to know what you do, where you go, what you spend your money on, yada, yada, yada. And so for each of these products, they, they made that point. And um, also to the, the, the tracking um, of your data, they wouldn't do any of that without your consent. So, that came out with Arcade as well. Arcade is their, uh, well, what do you want to call it? It's it's kind of their gaming platform, if you will. It's not a hardware device. It works on all hardware devices. So if you have an Apple TV, if you have an iOS device, uh, you can be a subscriber to Apple Arcade. That Maybe that's where the 500 million stat came from. They were talking about how many downloads they got with games. I mean, they have the largest gaming platform in the world already through apps. And so Arcade is really becoming a feature of apps. Um, the other interesting t- statistic there was that free games were uh, made way more revenue than, than uh, games that came at a cost. So the idea here is like, hey, one price per month, access to all the games, and it'll work on all your devices. I think that's a cool idea, and it's being talked. We even talked about this kind of in, a, in, the, in show 28, right? Google Stadia or whatever it was called. Right. Was a kind of similar, semi-similar idea, I guess. Um, the thing that I think here is like, uh, I'm, I guess I'm not a big mobile game player. So like, again, here, not a sexy thing for me because I generally don't play a lot of mobile games. The idea is cool. I think it's probably going to be well executed and they will make a ton of revenue off of it. I agree with you. But for me, <laughs> I keep saying this again, wasn't like a big sexy reveal. I was just kind of like, meh. Like I, I'm not that excited about this, but I think it could be, could be a very big deal. And I think bringing it to all the platforms, Apple, Apple TV, iPad, iPhone, all the things, and be able to move your game from place to place to place, just like these other services we talked about, is a is a very valuable thing for people. That's going to be a selling point for sure, right? You can play a little bit on your phone, go to the TV, and pick up where you left off. Um, that that's kind of a unique selling proposition. I don't think we've seen that out there yet with these other things. I mean, we're, we're getting there. Stadia will get there too, I'm sure, because um, how quickly they can render because it's in the cloud and they have a processing power. It's not going to take any effort to pick up where you left off. Right. 
Well, apparently I fucked up, and uh, wife number one is indeed wife number one. Oh, so, you uh, fucked that <laughs> up, Bill, buddy. It's been a bad week for you, man. You wreck the damn car. You get a, you get wife wifey confused. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Well, things can only get better from here. Well, um, you and know. here you go. BCU APR rate is nine point one five. So that's pretty damn so that's good. Pretty Below ten percent. Yeah. Yeah. That's very good. Um. Her APR is. I don't know where yours is anymore. <laughs> I think I've got the better credit score right now. Just to throw that out there. Oh, she, she might be fixing that right now for, <laughs> for your little mistake. Um, very cool. So, yeah, Apple Arcade was the, the you know, the other thing I'll say about this. Uh, it seemed very premature, the announcement. I know that there's a lot of buildup and there was already speculation that, hey, they got to find something else to pivot off of because hardware is on the decline. This felt very rushed. Like, let's put this out there now. Most of these products aren't available. These services aren't available until summer, fall, sometime later in 2019. And I thought that was um, disappointing too because uh, the momentum behind them would have been a lot stronger if they could have said, hey, starting next week, you can download this and uh, be ready to roll. You're not a game player, right, on mobile? I don't, I don't ever see you really playing much games. I'm not a game player, period. Yeah, I really know. Yeah, so probably not a big sexy release in this, in this one for you either. I would have tried it. I mean, I might still try it at some point. It, the idea that I wouldn't have to buy a physical device and try some things. Because I've played, I, I do enjoy some games. Well, maybe if they have the erotic photo hunt. That would be cool. If they had erotic photo hunt on the uh, Apple Arcade platform, then you're damn well better believe I'm going to pay that subscription price should, right there. Uh, let's do a little research and Google that. Let me, let me Google that while you move on to the next okay, cool. item of the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to move on. So the last big announcement was, of course, around Apple TV. And so, as you know, there's been some rumors out there for a while now that Apple was going to get into the, uh, you know, cable television space. I mean, right now you can download ABC, NBC, all these apps, and you can link it up to your cable provider. Or you can um, go to HBO and get an HBO Now subscription and link that up in, in Apple TV. Well, the big announcement coming out of the Steve Jobs Theater this week was that you can now... Uh, use the Apple TV app to subscribe to any channel you want through the app. The cool part about this is that you no longer have to go to the store and download the ABC app. You just pay for the subscription, whatever it is. And we don't know the pricing yet. They haven't released a pricing model for this, but you can subscribe to the channels that you want to watch. And then um, you'll see in the search results and in Siri and all of that stuff, like all the programming will show up and it's all in app. So you're not jumping from Apple TV into the, uh, respective ESPN app, right? Nor do you even have to have them downloaded, which I think is, no. a, is a powerful piece. So like uh, if, you ha- if you're familiar with like Fire TV Stick or Fire, Apple, Fire TV, I guess, in general, like they do, this, they do a similar thing to this, but I think you have to have all the apps downloaded and then the apps can somehow like query each other. That's kind some- of even how Apple TV works now. If you download Hulu, then when there's like an open in option that you can say open in Hulu. So I think... Similar, but that goes away. But then, it, yeah. So the the way they did that is they allowed you to then like do a search, but it would search for all the through all the content. Like you didn't have to go yes. to the Netflix app and say, "Oh, I want to search for this," or you know, go to the HBO Go app and I want to search for this. Right? It, you could just search generally, and it would kind of give you a mixed result from all the different platforms. Yeah. And this is a, even a step further than that. So now there's not an app at all, other than the, the subscription app, whatever Apple's Apple TV channels app. And if you don't have it. I assume I would I would imagine they're going to show you the result anyway and give you an option to subscribe. 
kind of like we sense. just kind of like we just made uh, mention of earlier in the show. Like it's going to be just a simple like oh click buy, right? Yep. Now that getting back to our earlier topic of Apple News Plus, like this is something that I would really be excited about if they came out with on the news side. Like show me everything, but allow me to register it through Apple and not have to go to New York Times and sign up and register and pay or to go to Economist and do the same thing. Like if I could just point click and go, I'd be way more uh, apt to, to do that in the app. I would agree. And I think you'd get a ton of subscriptions in that way. You know, like I said, you it's so simple. It's such an easy process. Everybody, you know, you would have people that would do it and then just leave it hanging, right? right. There would be perpetual s- subscriptions that would just remain for weeks, years, whatever. I think so. Yeah. Uh, the other exciting piece of the Apple TV channels announcement was that Apple TV is becoming an app. So you're going to see that on Fire TV stick and you'll see that on some of the other devices. They're not they're not working with Netflix on this at all, of course, but um, you can get it on other Amazon and Roku devices. Well, so Netflix isn't is, is going to continue to be an app, but they're but they're not going to allow subscriptions through the Apple service. I believe that's what's the, the biggest point of contention here is they don't want to give Apple a cut of any subscription signups that they receive. You've got to do it through their website, through Netflix.com, as opposed to doing it in-app. Because the in-app subscription, Apple gets a cut of that, and that was, I think that was almost a billion dollars. It was a big number. For Netflix, it'd be huge, yeah. I, I don't blame them at all for that. They should be able to command much, much better deals. <laughs> Yeah, so th- so there's a little bit of a tug of war going on over there right now, uh, but they are Apple is trying to become uh, a competitor. A lot of people are asking why didn't Apple just buy Netflix? They've got two hundred plus million billion, two hundred plus billion dollars in the bank. Why not just buy Netflix and be done with it? But they didn't do that. So they're a competitor. They they initially budgeted one billion dollars to curate their own content. And they had a bunch of celebrities come out on stage, so Jennifer Aniston, and and Oprah is going to be doing some work with them, and and they and several others came out um, at the at the uh, media event to talk about Apple TV content. But they're spending uh, it sounds like two billion dollars uh, this year on their own content. Yeah, so there's good and bad with that, right? Like now you're fragmenting the content even further, right? Now you have it on Netflix, you have it on. HBO, you have it on Amazon, you, you know, like you're just fragmenting out the service even further. To well, some at this point, it's just a, a, a race to see who they can kill off, right? It's just like there's so much content, you can't possibly watch all this shit. Amazon Prime content, for example, will be searchable in in uh, Apple TV. But with a subscription. Yeah, right? if you're a Prime member. Yeah. So now you have to have a subscription to Apple. You have to have a subscription to Amazon. You have to have a subscription to Netflix and to Disney and to whomever. You know, it's it's becoming the cable monopoly thing all over again, but just in it with a different online system. Like yeah, we're recreating the same beast, which is kind of unfortunate. Even even worse because they all have great people doing great content. It's not even like cable where it was mostly shit and then a few good things. This, I feel like, is the opposite problem where you've got so many massive budgets and so many big names. I mean, you just can't, you couldn't in a lifetime watch all the shit you want to watch. And so I think there's this massive expansion, there's huge budgets, and then at some point it's going to contract and there'll be a few people on top. Who's left after that shitstorm? We'll find out. Yeah. But. I think the thing to me that was the most uh, interesting about this announcement, this particular one, and, and by the way, this is the one that I was probably the most excited about of, of any of them, 
um, is that this was like a peek into Apple, like opening up their garden. Like for years and years, decades, Apple has been a Mac or an Apple only ecosystem. Like only its devices can talk to its different things. And suddenly now they're publishing apps onto other platforms, which the only time they've ever done that, that I can think of in history is iTunes and Safari on the Windows Windows platform. Yeah. And those iTunes, I think still exists, but they pulled Safari. So there's really no, there's hardly any uh, record of any of this kind of behavior from them. So like the fact that they're kind of trying to make their system more open in some way is kind of a huge deal. Uh, And that was the thing that I think excited me more than anything about any of this announcement was the fact that they're putting it on the Fire Stick and I think Roku as well, right? And Roku as well. That's right. Yeah. So uh, they're ready to compete. And I think that there's been a desire to do so for a long time. There was an interview with Steve Jobs about 10 years ago talking about this and uh, they just couldn't crack that nut yet. I know they had been working with other direct TV and some of these guys to try to figure out ways to work together. And it just always fell through. This seems like the closest they've gotten to successfully being able to bring cable content and and major networks onto the platform. Um, And I'm sure that they had to get some additional leverage and said, look, you know, maybe it's not out of our desire to do so, but out of necessity that we have to open it up a little bit more to try to get, a broader reach. I don't know. Did they announce air power at this event? Uh, there was, I didn't hear anything about air power. That's per- delayed forever, right? Never coming out. Yeah. I'm, I, I had to miss part of it, so I'm, I can't speak definitively on no, that. No, they didn't, they didn't announce it. I was okay. just, I was baiting you on that one. You son of a bitch. I listened to everything else. What I do know is that, uh, if you look at the air, po- what's interesting though about that. So they didn't announce it. Well, sorry. They've announced it. What a year ago. Right. That it was coming and then they've had problems and problems and problems and it's never come out. Yeah. Yeah. So the new AirPods that ship with the charging case. Yeah. They have a picture of it. It's out. There's an outline of it, like the of the actual case sitting on an AirPower dock. An artist rendering. Yeah, exactly. So like people are kind of like, ooh, is this just going to come out kind of magically soon? Because we already have it now, like being shown in product demonstration or on product uh, documentation product packaging, whatever you want to say. So yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see. I'm, that's another product that I'm just kind of like, meh. Like I have cheat chargers all over the house. Like, why do I need this thing? That's probably going to be $200. Sure. It'll be something already, it's, it's already out there. And what's their take going to be on it? It's wireless charging. Well, it's wide. That's the, that's the thing, right? It's like double, double wide, what you would think of a typical like round or whatever cheat charger. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't understand why they need to get into that space. Maybe that's why it's delayed indefinitely. Well, it wasn't going to, I'm not surprised it didn't come out there because this was a services focus um, presentation. So, you know, the hardware could be coming and they just didn't want to talk about it here. WWDC is coming, I believe. Yeah, there's just yet another Apple event that more cool shit can come out of. Apple shares did not uh, respond to this news very favorably. I'll say that. Uh, I mean, they were down the day of. Looks like today they're doing, yeah, up eh, a little bit, like one day, one week. They've been down on the week. So nothing, they've been pretty flat since the announcement of the services. I think that remains to be seen. I do, I do think it's going to carry them because there's only so much more money they can make on these damn phones. But 
that remains to be seen. When you say that you're going to come out this fall with Apple Arcade and TV channels sometime later this year and you don't have a price behind it, it's kind of hard to have a reaction to that, uh, a positive one anyway. Right. I think the thing that we haven't talked about too that that was an important part of all of these different announcements is um, their emphasis on privacy and security. So none of none of these services that they've announced that they're going to continue like of course they're going to keep information but it's all going to be anonymized I'm sure so there's really no tracking. Yeah, they will not know what your purchases are, they will not know what you watch, what games you play. Um what what, what they were talking about um Suggestions. They had a unique way of making suggestions about what to read for the news. It was very generic. It wasn't um, based on your previous reading history or anything like that. Hmm. So they're trying to take advantage of that. I think this whole Facebook moment and, and say, look, like we have a different approach where we uh, don't want to know, we don't need to know, and we can still um, tailor it to an audience that give you what you want to see without having to... Uh, have all your data. And Apple's always been very good about that. You know, when you, even with their hardware and all the different devices, like the biometric stuff, you know, they always have the secure enclave and this kind of thing that nobody else can access. Not, no software can access it. Only Apple's hardware and their own, their own software can access those things. So like, they've always been very good about protecting your security, protecting your identity and doing those types of things. So I think uh, this goes right along hand in hand with that. No different, par for the course. So I think good job, Apple. I think so too. And and along it's kind of goes along with this across all the product lines, service lines anyway. The family sharing, you mentioned it briefly in the beginning. But yeah, all of these things, these subscription prices, they're all for the family. So I think that's pretty exciting too. You're not gonna spend fifty bucks uh, a month on content. So good stuff there as well. And I think that brings us, what, to the end of the hour here at KJ, pretty much. Yeah, I think we're, uh, we took up the whole time with uh, Apple News, so I hope you like Apple products as much as we do. I like my Apple products. Yeah, me too. Need to buy some new ones. Uh, wife number one, I have a laptop request. <laughs> Get the damn car fixed first, <laughs> Kyle. Yeah, true. There's a fair point there. <laughs> All right. Well, you can listen to the Coffee Codecast. We're recorded live uh, from Seattle, Washington, every Wednesday at 6 Pacific Standard Time. Join us at coffeecodecast.com slash live. The podcast artwork is provided by Yurne, the gentle giant. You can check out more of his amazing illustrations at www.coffeecodecast.com slash gentle giant. If you have a question or an idea for the show and you want to comment on or you want to comment on something we talked about, you can reach us at Twitter at coffeecodecast. And we are available also via email at coffeecodecast at gmail.com. The podcast is available from iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find all this and more episodes on our website at www.coffeecodecast.com. And as always, thank you for listening.